Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today's guest is Jasmine Parasaram, and I practiced that last name, uh, so I know that I nailed it, but Jasmine is basically the queen of pricing, and that's what we're gonna be talking about is pricing and how to you know raise your prices if you're already working with people or when you're getting into the game, like what do I start pricing my services as or my programs if you're making courses, like all this kind of stuff. Pricing is the topic of the day, and by the end of this, you are going to know how to price with confidence, clarity, and creativity. So let's dive into it. How are you doing today, Jasmine? I am wonderful. It is a bit of a windy, kind of rainy, day over here in Melbourne, but my spirits are high. So I'm sure we're going to weather the storm, I guess. Love it. Got to have high spirits. Right. Um, okay, cool. Let's dive into pricing. What made you, like, I want to hear your story real quick, but what made you decide to one, be an entrepreneur and specifically get into the realm of like being a coach and sharing your knowledge and turning that into a business? Yeah. So the two parts of that question kind of are separate, but then they come together at the end of the recipe, I guess. So I am the daughter of a small business. So my dad has been a butcher since I can remember, um, since I was very, very little. I think even when I was born, he was a butcher. And so he was very much small business. Um, and he always built his business on the idea that you need to be big enough to serve someone, but small enough to know them. You need to have enough and do enough and be enough so that you can serve them when they come to your counter, hungry for whatever you're serving. And so that was a really big, really pivotal part of me growing up because I saw that my dad's sole purpose was to help others. And yes, it looked like selling, but it was actually helping I also had my mum who was a mobile hairdresser and I used to follow her um, everywhere in my like childhood. We would go from place to place and I would see her use her skills, make it more convenient to be able to get your hair done in the comfort of your own home and make money. And the more that she did, the more that she was able to make, the less that she wanted to work, she could just pull back. And so I really loved seeing both my parents have that entrepreneurial spirit to be able to build their own businesses in their own way, in a way that made sense for them, but also tapped into their values of wanting to help, wanting to serve and wanting to do things that connected people and made them feel good. How much do you connect over a beautifully cooked meal and how good do you feel after that fresh haircut? And so mm. those are the kind of things that were at the start. And so when I started building my skills and my creative career, it was largely around design, creativity. I always had a interest in creating things that didn't exist yesterday that either helped someone tomorrow or made someone feel good. And that kept coming up again and again and again. So I became a graphic designer. Um, I worked in the graphic design industry in different corporate situations and then got to a point where I found myself in this design studio that literally sucked the life out of me. It was horrible. I feel like every character has that kind of turning moment story. And that was when there was like a montage and all these things happened and things went past the screen. And I ended up completely changing my creative career from one of design to one of musical theatre. And so I did a year of musical theatre Plot twist, hated it, was a terrible idea, but I learned a lot about myself and my um, creativity. And it had also been the vehicle for me to move from Adelaide to Melbourne. So think about that of like 
if you were moving from a mid state to your LA or your New York, it's kind of like the big city, more opportunities, more dreams, more promise. And I then went back into the loving arms of graphic design, built up my design business to a point where I was like, you know what? I think I know enough and have enough and do enough to be enough to be a freelancer, to do my own version of what my dad was doing of running my own business. So I'm not going to sit there and kind of go over the entire details of what those seven years of freelancing were or have been so far because there's been highs, there's been lows. That's what the freelancing journey is. We feel the feast and famine in our bones some days. Um, But progressing through that, I learned so much about the different ways to run a business and how you can actually use your creativity to run a business in a different way to someone who's next to you. Um, You can get more creative with the way you sell your services, the way you um, display how you're able to be used and utilized by your clients. So I, I was, again, faced with the process of I know enough, I am enough, I can do enough. So now I need to raise my hand, throw it back and bring other freelancers into that journey as well. And the I didn't want to go down the teaching Adobe Illustrator or showing people what color contrast or hierarchy was. I wanted to go into the business side of it because there's so much opportunity to be more than just a creative business but to be something that builds others up as well. So that was when Creative Business Kitchen was born and I have now been teaching other freelancers, creatives, designers, anyone who solves a problem in a creative way, how to price their work, how to build their businesses for the last three years and can proudly say that I am exactly where I wanted to be and I can't wait to find out where it's next. That's rad. Super cool story. I was looking at your website and uh, I was kind of surprised when I first looked at it of like, oh, this is like, it looks like an actual menu and it says like, here's the menu and there's like starters, entrees, dessert. I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Thanks. Um, I, I, you noticed that um, being the daughter of a butcher, everything is very food-based, food pun. I use food as a tool or a language to be able to communicate the complexities of freelance business pricing because it means that someone can sit there and understand the concept of food because we love food. We either love to eat it, love to cook it, or uh, sorry, and then take those processes and those concepts and apply them to the complexity and get a little bit more of an understanding. So you'll notice food puns are literally sprinkled through everyday language for me, but also it helps logically process a lot of the stuff that I teach. Yeah. You just said sprinkled. So you're just doing it right there. <laughs> it's natural. <laughs> That's rad. Um, cool. So let's start talking a bit about pricing. Um, I guess, wow, what do I want to ask about this? As I guess as, as you've gained more experience in, in, in pricing your own products and just being an entrepreneur and then working with other freelancers to find like that sweet spot price point for them, what do you feel has become more important in that process and why? what's become more important in the pricing process for people to understand for themselves? Yeah. Yeah. To like come up with like that, that sweet spot pricing of like, it's not too low. It's not too high. It's kind of the Goldilocks like price point that they're comfortable sticking with and that they know can easily convert. Yeah. I actually don't believe that there's a one size fits all sweet spot pricing, but I feel like it's a, twofold of knowing what your own unique pricing recipe is. So the the salary that you would want to be on if you are employed, the 
particular expenses that it takes to run your business, the time that you have to put towards that business and actually can bill for, and knowing that for yourself rather than stealing someone else's pricing or um, copying what the market is doing, but also knowing that that will change. It needs to change. It has to change. So if you're sitting there and going, this is my rate for all of time, you're going to get to a point where you're stifled. You're going to get to a point where you're not feeling like you can grow and that you're guilty or feeling guilty about charging more than you did yesterday. The fact of the matter is the last three to five years have massively, massively impacted the cost of living. And we as freelancers and businesses need to understand that we're faced with very similar situations that the big global corporations are in that inflation is going up to something around uh, 5% per year. And the last couple of years have been 7%. So if you aren't putting up your prices by 10% in 2024, you may be going backwards. So we need to kind of keep that in mind of if we're not growing, we're shrinking. There isn't a one size fits all. This is my price for all of time. You want to understand that it's got to grow with you. When you are faced with, okay, I need to set my prices and you you calculate your rates for what you are, where you are. As soon as any of those parts change, that's an opportunity for you to change and grow. And sometimes market demand plays a big part in that. If you unlock something or tap into a particularly expensive problem for your clients, you will find yourself in demand and therefore you can raise your prices. And that's like the like one of many options or many ways that you can see you know what? It might be time to change the way I price. Mm, yeah, I like that. It's good to keep growing the price um, as you grow. Plus, as you mm. learn more and you you know make better investments, especially if you do something like photography, for example, or like videography. Even um, I know Matt Diavella was talking about like price points in one of his YouTube videos, uh, and that's what his business was back in the day. I think now he just does YouTube, but he was talking about how he got to a point where he was buying a lot nicer equipment and he was hiring like other crew members to help him. And he, he just couldn't charge his old price to like pay himself, you know, pay his bills and then also pay for the equipment, the other people that he was now working or having yeah. work for him. So he, he like had to tell people like, I have to raise my prices, you know? And he just had to keep doing that until he got to a much higher price point. Mm-hmm. Um, when people are just starting out in freelancing or coaching and sharing their knowledge on the internet, is there a price point or price range that you recommend people should should do or is just kind of like just start pricing something and then start growing from there? What do you recommend those people getting started? So to get started, you need to understand that for the first year, you are going to learn more than you earn straight out. You are definitely going to have situations where you learn more than you earn. You will have times where you make pricing mistakes that you are then given the blueprint of how to succeed or how to change them because you'll see where they didn't work. Understanding that coaching and knowledge is an access product, whereas freelancing is a services product. They're both kind of different. I know that coaching gets put into the services bucket and yes, for sure, But coaching isn't about how many hours you're on that call with that person or how many times that you jump into the Google Doc to be able to review their stuff. It's about their transformation and how soon or how effectively you can multiply their investment in you back into their own business. So they're getting that access 
And if a client or a, a student is sitting there and looking at a coaching opportunity and going, oh, well, I only get three 90-minute calls, I want five 90-minute calls, you've got to start asking the question of, well, is it's not about what you get, it's what that gets you. So when you're starting out in freelancing for the first two years, I recommend actually calcula- calculating your rate based on what you would be <clears throat> earning if you were employed plus your expenses divided up by your billable hours so that you can co- like cover those extra hours that you're working on your business instead of in your business. Um, I actually have a free pricing calculator that I'll share the link for at the end of the lesson to the end of the session to, to help you guys work that out. But then actually looking at as soon as you start getting too fast to be profitable, switching to a non-hourly rate base. So switching over to a project base, switching over to a retainer or a productized model service rather than swapping your time for dollars because now your time is more valuable than when you started. You would then also start looking and concentrating on I'm not selling the stuff in it, I'm selling the outcomes back into that coaching mindset of I'm selling what they get. So for instance, a couple of years ago, I did some illustrations for a client where um, they then got produced onto fabric, which got made into dresses, which then got sold for $200 a pop. Now I look at that and go, well, I didn't charge enough because I didn't do the right pricing model. It should have been a licensing royalty process, but that was one of my first times doing that. So I learned more than I earned and understanding that those lessons only become valuable when you actually apply them to the next time you have that opportunity to do a similar thing and grow from it. Hmm. What about people who are already in business? You know, they've been sticking with the same price point for, you know, months or maybe even years. And they're just like, this works for me. It's, it's kind of like, I'm used to this, but I'd, I'd like to increase my prices. Obviously we'd love to make more money. Um, mm-hmm. but they're kind of nervous cause they know that this is working. What do you kind of recommend to people who've like been in the game for a bit and then like, how can they increase their prices? Is there a certain way that you recommend doing that double or just incremental? What do you recommend? Well, I'm a little bit biased because I do have the exact product ready for that. So I have a five-day raise your rates challenge that I run on my website, which is actually a free challenge because I don't think that the access to be able to raise your rates should be a charge thing. If you want some help, we can jump on a noodle session. But understanding that you need to know where you are, know where you are, know what you're um, currently working with, and then you need to look for opportunities to grow that to make yourself more perceivably valuable to your clients, then you need to actually do it. A lot of us, we talk a big game and we kind of go, oh, yeah, I'm going to raise my rates. I'm going to change it. It's not a specific, I'm changing it because of this. And then it immediately happens. You need to actually work through the process of understanding what are you charging now? Why is it time? Why have you felt it? What has made that gut feeling actually happen? That's the problem that you're faced with. And you need to now change that. You need to make that decision. You then need to understand what you've got around you that you can add and value, then you need to pick a time, you need to do it, and you need to give your current clients and customers enough time to adjust to that new process. The funny thing is, if you're charging per project, you don't need to do this. You don't actually need to let your clients know that you're raising your rates if they're not repeat customers. If they're repeat customers, you can let them know, hey, just letting you know, that this time around, it's actually going to be more because we've just increased our rates. So you set that line in the sand for yourself. 
But then if you're going by hourly, you'll then need to be able to communicate to your clients that, hey, my prices have gone up and I have also as part of the Raise Your Rates Challenge, a free email template for that as well. Oh, to like explain to them like how to word it that you're raising your rates? Absolutely. Yeah, that's rad. Cool. Thanks. We're going to have links for the in the description for all of this stuff, by the way, for people who are listening. And if you're listening, you I guess you can already go check it down. Anytime. Yeah, come raid the kitchen. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so uh, I'd love to, to ask you, Jasmine, like, you, you know, in the, I've interviewed other people with like pricing and strategies and just like, I mean, even more than just that, just like the overall coaching industry and niche. Um, is there anything that's kind of like a pet peeve for you when it comes to um, just a coaching niche, but maybe even around kind of like pricing and uh, packaging that you notice or anything that kind of like gets under your skin that just kind of bothers you? Pick a number, pick a number and that's your price. If you haven't taken the time to understand why you charge what you charge, you will feel unconfident when it time when it comes time to charge it. You will feel unsure when it's time to raise it and you'll feel greedy and you'll feel nasty and you'll feel gross. I it, it drives me absolutely bonkers when I see people who are just like, just pick a number and charge it. No, you need to understand why. And also a lot of time when people take prices from other people because they think that's the industry standard, Understanding that you need to know what you are charging for. If you say, for instance, take someone else's price and you're like, yep, that's what I'm going to charge. And then you put in more effort than they would, you are doing yourself a disservice. You are putting yourself in a position where you are going to find yourself frustrated, wishing you were charged more and wanting to know how to do that, but feeling like, oh, maybe I was too selfish to set my prices the way I've set them beforehand. If we're sitting there and just charging, I like to say the sentence and it's a little bit controversial, but if you're pulling your prices out of your butt, your prices stink straight out. It's gold. <laughs> and if you're then serving them to your clients, thinking they're going to feast on them and thank you for the opportunity, you're going to have your clients running for the hills. So you need to understand that it's not about just picking a number it's actually understanding what the value is to what you produce. Um, a lot of the time our clients, we're like, oh, we, we cost our clients too much. We're, we're charging too much. Cost is what they avoid. Value is what they get. And the price is what they pay. Understanding that breakdown and understanding that you are going to cost your clients money, the idea is that it helps them make more. Right. Yeah. I think it comes down to a confidence thing too. Where, you know, if you're like, you want to make sure that you actually can deliver on it before you raise your price, you know, you mentioned something about how it's like, don't just pick a number and just go with that. I think that's great advice that you should be able to back it up because if you just pick a number and you're not confident about it and you just kind of throw it out there, it's like, you may make a sale or something, but like, you also have to back up the value that you're going to bring and that you're promising to, mm -hmm. um, can you tell me about a time when you raised your prices and kind of the steps that you took to back up the raising of your price, or maybe as a student that you worked with as well. Hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of the time when we raise our prices, if we're tied to that hourly rate, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. Um, a lot of the time I will actually use 
when I'm changing my rates or raising my rates, for example, I'm about to enter into 2024 and I'm raising all of my coaching rates because I've had great success with my past students. I'm now three years into the game. Um, I've now had three, four rounds of my group coaching program that has done really wonderfully and seen incredible results. I've had one-on-one students that have seen incredible results. And so now I'm actually faced with exactly what you're asking me of, I'm about to embark on that of saying, hey guys, letting you know the prices are changing. It doesn't happen as much in my freelance business for the mere fact that I don't kind of tie myself to a set or specific price. It's very bespoke based on deliverables and where we're at at that point in time. Um, And I don't do a lot of hourly work. The hourly work that I do is in retainers. um, And I just make that decision and choice for myself. So when I'm embarking on this process for myself now, I need to give them time. So I need to give anyone who's interested time to take the opportunity that they have to get in now. So say, for instance, if I'm raising my rates in January 2024 for my um, one of my 90-minute noodle sessions or one of my one-on-one students, um, I would be saying, hey, guys, I've only got one spot left for the rest of the year at the current prices. If you're wanting to start next year but want to pay this year's prices, here's your opportunity. Give someone the opportunity to get those current prices and letting them know what the situation is if they don't kind of the same like early bird pricing, like you're giving them the incentivization of act now, benefit later. Um, But then understanding that, understanding why you're raising it as well. So for me, it's that I've had massive success. I've had multiple situations where I can see that this is actually what I want to do. And I'm actually providing more value than I think I was to begin with. I kind of have a bit of a mentor coach hybrid process where I not only take you through the steps, but I'll help you build it too. Um, And understanding that process for myself is like, okay, yeah, it's time to do it. It's time to communicate it early. And then it's time to actually do it and stick to your guns because you will have times, I'll have times in February where I will have a student go, "Oh, oh, it's too expensive. And that is not a me problem. That is a them problem. A lot of the time our clients, customers, students will let us know that they can't afford us and we mistake that as them telling us to fix it. It's not Mm. for us to fix. It's for them to fix, them to be able to afford you. And, yeah, you might give them the tools and the opportunities to make more money to be able to afford you, but you can't solve the problem of being affordable. You don't owe them affordability. You owe them accountability and availability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the results that you promise and all that stuff. I think it's good to, like, your, um, your website, you know, if I look at the homepage, I'm actually on it right now, but you have this, like, you call it the menu, and it's this, like, want to know what's cooking, browse the full menu and you have starters, entree, main dessert. And your one-on-one coaching is like the last thing down there or 90 minutes. The dessert is your coaching. It's like the big thing. So you work from top to bottom. And I think it's so important for coaches to have a menu too. Even if it's just Mm -hmm. like, I have a course or I have a book and then a course and then my coaching or even a community and then my private coaching. Like you can build up this sort of menu. You have a lot of different things on here too. Um, but I think it's cool to, to have that because even when you do have a higher price point where they quote unquote can't afford, you know, or it's just not it. It's like, you don't have to, to cut down your price or discount or anything. You can just say, oh, okay, well I have some other options on different mm-hmm. ways that you can work with me or they can pay for, you know, a day or like, like a full intensive day. Like it, it, it really comes down to like what you were talking about, about like creativity and going into 
to changing it up to like play around with it. But I think it's so important to have a menu of different ways for people. They can go all out and do like a whole year of coaching with you, or they could just do six months or they could do a three month package, you know, or if it's, you can check out my online course. Like these are all different options for you to see which one's best for you. But like, if you want like the big one, like this is how much it is. And then instead of you discounting, you can just offer a different way of working with you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's You can't create everything for everyone to feed on and be happy about. Same thing if you work, walk into a, a beautiful restaurant. Not everyone is going to get the steak. Not everyone is going to be willing to pay the, the price point of a big, beautiful steak. They might choose something else and you need to make that available for them. That's where that availability comes in. You need to make that possible for them to have something that when they come back to you and say, oh, no, nah, this is not going to be feasible. You can either offer payment plans or you can direct them to something else that might actually solve just one of the problems that they're trying to solve. So that once they've solved that, made more money, they might be able to afford you and feel like you're the one that's going to get them to that next level. We need to be able to be creative in the way that we package up the access to our genius mm -hmm. and serve it in different serving size because sometimes someone's eaten recently. Someone <laughs> hasn't got a massive appetite for what you're serving. They might not need four months of coaching. Maybe they just need someone to show them how to build a productized service, which is why I have the masterclasses that come through month on month. And then those coaching services and the one-on-one -on -one services that are that extra higher level, level tier because not everyone needs it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for the listener to like come up with some sort of menu, even if you're just doing coaching, it's like, you can have, you could have a day session, you know, if you wanted to, it's just like, here's something we could do like a full, a day intensive, or we could do a three month or a six month or a one year package. But like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's good to have a menu and different options for people. Cause then they start thinking like, can I afford that to like, which one do I want to buy? You know, it's like, mm. here's different options. It's just like that little mindset shift I think is really big. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and having other stuff for it to bounce off of, because as soon as someone says that's too expensive, the first thing that you should be asking them is like in comparison to what? Mm -hmm. Because if they're saying it's too expensive, that's an opinion, not a fact. And if they're saying it's too expensive, it's in comparison to something else. So maybe it's some a past coach, then why are they coming to you? Right. If it's in comparison to another program that you have, maybe it's it's understanding the difference in the results. Like for instance, my master freelancer course is a 1997 investment, whereas my one-on-one um, -on -one coaching for four months is currently five grand. And knowing that if I told you about the master freelancer and then told you about the one-on-one -on -one coaching, the one-on-one -on -one coaching feels expensive. But if I've told you about the one-on-one -on -one coaching and it's five grand and we go to this transformation and everything like that and you go, oh, it's too expensive, I'll show you the master freelancer and you'll feel like it's the right option or you'll see what you're missing out on. So mm -hmm. understanding that pricing is a comparison process and you want to be multiple options within that comparison process. Yeah. Well, the cool thing too is that when you offer, you know, five grand or 10 grand or whatever it is for like your premium package, which is like you get all this stuff, you know, it's the it's the big kahuna. It's the tomahawk steak, if you will, Absolutely. that, um, that even if people, you know, aren't in a position to make that investment yet, it, it's something that they can aspire to. So if you have like an online course, you can be like, okay, well, the other option is you have this masterclass or this course that I have, 
a lot more affordable for you and it's still great. It's still super valuable. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then they sign up. But in their mind, they're thinking like, I really, the more they consume the content and the course and they get results from that, they're like, I really want to work with Jasmine uh, or James. And I know the price of that, like I'm gonna work towards that. And they'll climb like kind of the the menu and try the different foods until they're they're ready to splurge and like go all in. So yeah, there's a lot of psychology that goes into the the whole structure of all this, which I like. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're sitting there and, and thinking, oh, well, I'm, I'm selling a $37 masterclass. I feel like it could be like that doesn't cover my time. Well, if it's something that can be resold again and again and again, it has mm-hmm. an evergreen element. And, and if someone comes to your masterclass and then sees that and sees the transformation and sees what people are, are experiencing, and then they go and get your online course, which is like $297 and they see it and they understand it, a lot of the time coaches will go, oh, they've already bought two things, so they're not going to buy another thing. (laughs) I've got a one-on-one student at the moment who has been with me from day dot. She bought my very first course, my easiest pie pricing course. She has downloaded or grabbed pretty much every single one of my offers and what we're talking about working together next year. And Mm. she has been there and she has bought almost every single one of my offers. This is how you, Yeah, it's so cool because I have been able to see her transformation from that start point and understand and get a better understanding and be a better coach for her because I'm able to show up with the knowledge. Like I've got a like PhD in her process so far. So I get to be able to put in what I think is going to be fantastic for her. So don't think that your customers and clients aren't going to want to continue buying from you. You just need to give them what they're craving in a packaged up way that shows off your skills, your capabilities, and the way that you can build that, grow that, and create that for them as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Right on, Jasmine. Well, thank you so much for the time and for the awesome knowledge nuggets. Hopefully people got some good ideas around pricing strategies and uh, you know, considering raising their own prices going into 2024 as well. Um, where can people learn more about you? Get connected. Awesome. So if you are someone who is an Instagram nut like me, um, that's basically where I am most of the day. So I am your pricing queen on Instagram. If you're interested in calculating your own creative rate, if you head to creativebusinesskitchen.com slash profit, you'll be able to access my pricing calculator, which helps you do exactly what I was talking about before of taking what would be a normal salary for someone if you were employed, adding in your expenses and dividing by the amount of time or billable hours that you have to allocate towards it. And it will spit out exactly how much you should be billing per hour to be able to make that process for you. Easy, simple. And I'll also put the raise your rates challenge on that same page. That's creativebusinesskitchen.com slash profit. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll put links down in the description. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Jasmine. For the listener, uh, again, we, we talked about a lot, you know, all related to pricing. Um, I would challenge you, you know, to consider if you've been sticking with the price point going into 2024, consider raising it you know, and do the price calculator and the resources that Jasmine's offering to get your, um, to get the ball kind of rolling. Obviously you want to work with Jasmine, get more of an incentive. You can check out her website. She has a beautiful menu on the different ways that you can, uh, dive deeper and work with her. Uh, but the biggest thing is that you, you know, you take what you learned here and you get out there and implement the things that we talk because implementation is your only superpower and make something happen. We'll see you in the next one.